0: Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through round eight this afternoon. Uh, cracking round of footy. Uh, I think I went seven from eight this week. Yeah, seven from eight. So pretty happy with that result. Uh, the Broncos Titans game was the only game I got wrong. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, Thursday night. Canberra Raiders, South Sydney Rabbitohs, obviously the Canberra Raiders. We spoke about them a lot last week. We're probably going to talk about them a lot this week as well. It's just becoming more and more intriguing. Uh, we'll get to the game in a moment, but another one of the players' wives, Joey Tapanay, uh, his missus has jumped on Instagram, also gave Ricky a serve over his use of the interchange. And, look, I don't disagree with her. I also don't disagree with Josh Papali's wife, but... Uh, Jeez, it just doesn't seem like a happy camp at the moment. I mean, there'll be a lot of questions very soon, if not already. Has Ricky Stewart lost the change room here? It's going to be very interesting. And look, they came up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, missing Latrell Mitchell and stuff. Uh, you know, it was always going to be a tough task. Any game against the Rabbitohs is going to be tough. In Canberra, I thought they were a chance to stand up. I was really looking forward to seeing how the halves would respond. Of course, George Williams was ruled out in the warm-up. So this threw... A huge spanner in the works for the Canberra Raiders. And look, I thought they started really well. Hudson Young jumped into 5 8. I thought he did a really good job. I think they led 16 to 8. Um, and look, South Sydney, I think they did well to hang in that game, to be honest with you. I thought the Canberra Raiders did look really good. Uh, no Josh Papali, of course. We know that he's been dropped slash rested, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, for round 8. So. Yeah, I, I thought the Raiders hung in really well. I thought they came out looking really strong at home. They got a big boost. They weren't able to hang on for the entire game. I thought Josh Starling, once again, um, sorry, Tom Starling, sorry, another guy that I really do like. I think he's been really impressive. He's a guy that impressed me last year. I've spoken about this a lot. Uh, you got Josh Hodgson, who we thought the Raiders were built around. Not so much anymore. I really do like Tom Starling. I love what he's doing. And, of course, the players' wives. What they've been questioning is, you know, the use of Ricky's bench rotation. And I must say, very interesting. Now, Ryan James, he started the game, played a grand total of 23 minutes. C.S. Oleola, he played nine minutes. Corey Horsra, he played 42 minutes. Good stint for the horse. Tapané, 32 minutes. Now, I don't understand how Tapané was used in this fashion. I can understand why his wife is upset, This guy is a star in our game, and I understand Ricky obviously trying to get a reaction out of these guys, but at the moment, I'm not sure if he's getting it. Havili played 28 minutes. He's a guy that I thought we would have seen for a little bit more as well. I'm just... I'm I'm starting to wonder if Ricky Stewart's voice has potentially become a little bit outdated in this change room, and look, that's not a big insult on Ricky Stewart realistically. It's just the reality of Rugby League. Realistically, unless you are essentially Trent Barra unless you are Craig Bellamy, um, Trent Robinson, Wayne Bennett, I mean, I think Wayne Bennett's voice has become outdated in some change rooms as well previously in his career. So it's not a big insult on Ricky Stewart. I think it's just the intensity and the high expectations that Ricky Stewart has of his football teams I think it can start to wear players down. We've had Brett Finch on the podcast. You've heard Ricky him talk about the way that Ricky treated him, the way that Ricky talked to him, and it does sound exhausting. And maybe maybe the Canberra Raiders, after a couple of big years losing Johnny Bateman, all this stuff we spoke about last week, maybe, uh, maybe it is time for a change in the nation's capital, which for me, I think it's an absolute travesty. Ricky Stewart isn't the coach of this Canberra Raiders team and they don't win a premiership in the next year or two. I think this window they've had for three or four years for them to be as good as they have been and not win a premiership, I think it would really sting the Raiders. I think it would really sting Ricky Stewart as well. Uh, For the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Benji, Cody Walker, unreal. Uh, That ball that Benji threw for their first try, my God, that was incredible. He's an absolute freak, Benji Marshall. So good to watch. Uh, we, We called a couple of weeks ago, Cody Walker. We said we've been wanting to see him play fullback for a long time. Honestly, I thought it could have potentially passed him a little bit, uh, but we saw the other night just how good he can be. And the week before it was the Menti Marshall show, this week it was the Cody Walker show. So, I mean, the thing that I love about these two when they work together, and it's going to be really interesting this week without Adam Reynolds is that they understand, you know, if Cody Walker, he saw the week before Benji had the hot hand, so he let him run the show. Benji could see that Cody Walker had the hot hand the other night, so just fed him good ball, and uh, really pay dividends for them. A really impressive win for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but it's coming at a big cost. Adam Reynolds looks to be out for four to six weeks. That's going to really sting. Cam Murray out for another four weeks or so, and also Campbell Graham, which is going to be a huge loss. So... I mean, when you have a look at their their backline now, they're going to be missing a number of troops. I'm expecting, um, and we'll wait for team list tomorrow, but I'm expecting guys like Tane Milne to come in. Stevie Masters will probably come in. Um, it's going to be a lot of changes for South Sydney, which isn't great timing, considering they take on the Melbourne Storm this week. So another time where the Melbourne Storm, when they play the Penrith Panthers, Nathan Cleary was out, Pappenhausen was out, a heap of tr- tr- troops missing there, and now when they play South Sydney, it looks like the Rabbitohs, they're going to have a pretty makeshift backline. obviously missing Latrell and all these guys. Adam Reynolds is going to be really interesting, and I know I said it last week, but I just wanted to see one more week of footy play out before I named my New South Wales team. I'll be doing that this week, but you know, I'm not sure if Reynolds being out, I'm not sure the effect it's going to have on Cody Walker. Obviously, having Benji there is fantastic, but Benji is more of a ball-dominant Halfback than what Adam Reynolds is. So for Cody Walker's chances of playing Origin, I think this would be really interesting. It could really hinder him. Two other guys I thought were really good for South Sydney. Solomon uh, mascot junior. We spoke about him last week. He's been really impressive. I love what he's doing at the moment. it would be fantastic to see Cody Walker start to use his edge players the way that Benji does. I think there's a lot of lessons to learn there for Cody Walker. I think it would make South Sydney even more dangerous. He he set up a beautiful try to Campbell Graham on the weekend where he used the front man. We probably don't see it enough from Cody Walker. So fingers crossed it's something that he is working on in his game. I Jaden Sewer. He's played limited minutes the last few weeks. To see him play 80 minutes again, I think he was fantastic. A guy that is going to be very important for Queensland. They've had a couple of injuries over the weekend, Lindsay Collins and whatnot. So Jaden Sewer, he is going to be critical for Queensland. A good win by South Sydney. Wouldn't say it was pretty, but the best teams, they learn to win ugly in South Sydney. They are... Uh, they. they, they they fought back to get a really good win against the desperate Camp Raiders, who are even more desperate now. Saturday, we sorry, Friday afternoon, we saw the Melbourne Storm taking on the Cronulla Sharks, the old Will Chambers Cup. Look, the Sharks were up 8-6. Yeah, they really hung in this game. They were doing really well. Melbourne Storm, they were just floating along like the Melbourne Storm do. Um, the first try the Sharks scored, Kept on going to the uh, the overs man on their block play. And I just sort of, I was looking at them out the back going, geez, Will Kennedy's got to get some pill here soon, surely. Like, oh, I was essentially thinking, what is Sean Johnson doing? He's got to give the ball. He's got to give it, give it, give it. He went to Britton uh, front man once again on this same play where it looked like to me Will Kennedy was away with space. And it's obviously something that the Sharks identified in the way that the Melbourne Storm defend. And Britton Nakora went straight through. It was a brilliant play. You could see how much it meant to Nakora. I think he's a guy under pressure this year to hold his spot. Uh, very impressive. And Sean Johnson, some really good ball playing. Aside from that, though, I still think SJ, he looks very underdone. And, look, he is coming back from an Achilles injury. It's going to take a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks for the Cronulla Sharks because he looks really underdone. Uh, Sort of looks to me like Chad might be a little bit distracted by everything going on at the moment. So... Uh, Yeah, a couple more troops come back into this side. Obviously, Hanei made the decision to drop Josh Dugan the other night. So interesting to see if he comes back in. Chambers walked into this system as well. So there were new combinations around. Uh, So maybe not too much to read into. But, of course, the second half, Melbourne, 36-6 in the second half. Um, Grant and Hughes, they were unreal. Remus Smith scored three tries, a guy that I've had in my classic team and draft teams for a couple of weeks. So good to see him starting to get some rewards. He's a much better player than what he showed us in the first five or six weeks. Remus Smith, he's got a lot to offer. I think Will Wing will be his spot eventually, Uh, but it was good to see him getting his confidence up. Another guy I want to mention is a guy that I think is going to be so critical to them this year. It is Tui Kamakamika, really starting to come into his own. I really like the signs that this kid is showing at the moment. He's got a huge upside in him, and he's going to be critical for the Melbourne Storm moving forward. Uh, The late game, Friday night, Broncos-Titans. This game was unbelievable. The Titans... 22-0 22-0 after about 15 minutes. It was unreal. I thought Jamal Fogarty had one of the best try assists I've ever seen. He got the ball on the right edge. He floated over the left, showing, dumbing, and then he put in a pin-perfect kick. One of those ones with your right foot where you hit it on the left side of the football, just let it curve around. Sat up perfectly for Corey Thompson. Uh, an unbelievable try. And one of those moments where I'm sure Brisbane would have stood there at that point point, looked around at each other and gone, fuck me, what on earth can we do about this? You just... It's one of those plays you essentially can't defend. Yeah, it was just perfect. And it looked like it was going to be the perfect night for the Titans. They were just running amok through the Brisbane Broncos. And unfortunately, we've all been introduced to the Brisbane Broncos over the last 18 months recently. And if they're down 22-0 after 15 minutes, it could be 122-0. Fortunately, though, they turned it all around. And for me, it came off the back of one kid, their halfback, Tyson Gamble. Now, when they ran out... I was always. I'm always very keen to see the body language of young halves when they run out. You can see Sam Walker. He's a very relaxed body. He he looks quite nervous when he runs out. Um, but uh, the more and more I'm getting used to seeing him, he looks kind of confident. But I, I think his body language is a little bit nervous. This Tyson Gamble, mate. He ran out smiling, sort of giggling. Another one of those guys that when he ran out, it was that borderline of confidence and cockiness. Yeah, it depends how you want to see it. I thought he looked confident. Bloke I was sitting next to thought thought he looked a little bit cocky over nothing. So it depends how you want to see it. But the guy that got them back into this game, I thought his energy was unreal. And this is the one thing you cannot match passion. And what Tyson Gamble showed the other night was true passion. I loved when he got the guy Sinbin and he celebrated like they'd won the grand final. That just stamped for me, hey, we're here to win. We're not here to make up numbers. I'm here to win. I'm here to be the seven that can turn this side around. I thought he was sensational. He's got that same sort of build as like a Matty Burton. I think you could play him at fullback or at center. I think he'd be effective as well. He's just a natural footballer. I was really impressed with him, the way he carried himself uh, and the way that he he led that charge back into that game, which was unbelievable to see. Well done to the Brisbane Broncos. Another guy, uh, Tavita Pango Jr., very impressive. And I'm going to talk about him later in the week because I've just had that many messages about him playing Origin. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that later in the week. Very interesting there. So Jermaine Asako, wow. Uh, his performance was crazy. He's a guy that I had in my draft team. I'll talk about that later in the week, the craziest of upsets. Uh, Jermaine Asako, he was just unreal. He's got so much talent, this guy. He really could be anything. We probably don't see it consistently enough, but if you could put this guy in a really top-shelf system, I honestly think he could be anything. He's got so much ability. That right-foot step he put on, I'm not sure who it was. Uh, I want to say Tyrone Peachy or Brian Kelly, but I'm not. I I think it was Brian Kelly. I'm thinking about it now. I think it was BK. And Brian Kelly, he's a top-shelf defender, really solid in defense. And Isako... You know, he did well to catch that ball. It was spiraling. It was all over the place. He had to dive to his front, get off of of his belly, and put on an unbelievable step. So very impressive from Isako. Um, I've mentioned this the last few weeks, and I know he's Mr. Popular. I know everyone loves highlights. Oh, he's first forward to score three tries in a season, blah, blah, whatever the hell that record was last week. And all I said last week was the first half was unreal. He had two touches in the second half. Now, David Fafida, he was nowhere near effective enough in this game once again. I understand he's young. I get that. But the pay packet he is on and with the star value that he brings to this side, you need him to apply himself. And it's not about scoring three tries, but it's about getting your hands on the ball and it's about getting involved with the team. The three tries and all that fancy stuff, that's a bonus. But he is the sort of guy who can get so much of an advantage for his team. He can get them on the front foot whenever he wants, and he needs to bring himself into the game. I've spoken a lot about halves needing to use him, but the more and more I watch Dave Fafita, the more and more I'm worried about his ability to bring himself into the game, and he needs to be doing more of it. Um... I don't want to sound negative on Dave Fitt. I know he's so popular. I know you all love him. I know we see the tries and we see the Super Coach points and unreal, amazing. He needs to apply himself more. It is the bottom line, yeah? He is a star in our game. I get it. He's young, but he simply needs to apply himself more. He needs to bring himself into the game. He needs to be more hungry for me. It's one thing that is annoying me a little bit to watch about David Fafita. And I understand the highlights, as I've said a couple of times, but you need to look at his whole game, and there's a lot more that he can offer than what he is right now. Saturday afternoon, Penrith Panthers, Manly Seagulls. Panthers got home 28-16 to in this one. Uh, just a really great team performance from the Penrith Panthers. I thought the halves were unreal. Nathan Cleary was probably my man of the match in this game uh, later on a couple of tries. Was really strong. Luai, once again, might not have had all the highlights that he usually does, but he was real, really strong, got them through their sets and was fantastic. Had a hand and a brilliant try that Dylan Edwards scored, but they went down the left edge off a kick. That was unreal. Fantastic footy to see. Um, Brian Toto, once again. 20 runs, 230 metres, two line breaks, six tackle breaks, one try. Another unbelievable performance. I really hope this kid gets a shot in origin. I'm still not sure if he's in my team. Stats-wise, he definitely should be. Another guy that is really popular. We all love him. The only thing I worry about with Brian Toto is his body shape. Now, Freddie, it's no secret he likes to have big bodies in his side, especially out in your centers and wingers, whether it's Daniel Tupu, Jack Whiten, Clint Gutherson, Tom Trevojevic. Something you notice about all these guys, they are big, tall, lanky, rangy bodies. Brian Toto, not really like that, but his effect on games is simply incredible. So it'll be really interesting how this one plays out. I hope he gets it because he definitely deserves it. Uh, For the Manly Seagulls, I mean, DCE, good without being great, solid. Um, Tom Trevojevic, though, another really good performance. They really do struggle when he doesn't fire. He scored – there was at one point in the first half where they tried to give him a bit of a breather, so they stuck him out on the wing. Uh, He's having a break there, and within about 40 seconds, he took an intercept, had to go 80 metres, you know, put the ball down, and then he sort of sat there for a couple of seconds – I, I don't know. You've got to be... One of my mates said to me last week, oh, it's a bit of a worry how they're managing him minutes-wise. And I said, oh, no, I'm sort of looking at it as a positive. Like, thank God the Manly Seagulls are taking his body seriously now. I want to see them rest him and all this, blah, blah, blah. dude when I saw him take that intercept, the way that he sat in the in-goals after... I don't think he is 100%. I don't think he's 100% sweet. And if I was a super coach draft player with Tom Travojevic, if I was the Manly Seagulls, watching him go off to play Origin in a couple of weeks, Jeez, I hope I'm wrong, but I am a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. He doesn't look 100% to me. And the reality is Tom Travojevic, he is the Manly Seagulls. Yeah, if he goes down again, they are in serious Barney rubble. Without him, you've seen how awful they are. When he is there, you've seen how much better they are. But in that game the other night... When he, the other day, other afternoon, when he doesn't get heavily involved and he isn't laying on tries left, right and centre, they really do struggle. In saying that, it was against the Penrith Panthers, one of the best defensive sides in the competition. So uh, maybe just temper our thoughts there and see how they go over the next few weeks. But um, yeah, it all just comes down to this one guy, doesn't it? It's incredible the impact he has. 5.30 game. Now, these next two games, I didn't get to watch them live, so I'll re-watch them later. Uh, the Eels and the Canterbury Bulldogs. Eels 32, Canterbury 10, um, Parramatta. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. Really impressive. I thought they were really good. Um, Just getting through their games, essentially. The Parramatta Hills waiting around for finals footy. I thought Mahoney was unbelievable. Gutho was great. These two have been sensational the last few weeks. Canterbury coming off their first win of the season last week. Amazing scenes. As I said, they weren't overly impressive, though. Let's be honest here. The Sharks were pretty bang average. Sean Johnson's first game back and whatnot. um, The Cronulla Sharks had a number of opportunities to win that game. They just couldn't get it done. I thought Canterbury, really good, really desperate to hold on, but they weren't overly impressive football-wise. Let's be perfectly honest here, and I think it showed here. Um, the, The thing that worried me about Canterbury, Parramatta, especially in that first half, they didn't throw any amazing shape at the Canterbury Bulldogs. There wasn't any massive plays that were unreal. The Canterbury Bulldogs, they always had, or well, most of the time, they had the eels covered for numbers. It was just missed tackles. There's one that Sivo scored where it came off of a Lee offload. Second-phase footy, I understand, difficult to handle, but, mate, there was like eight bodies in front of Maker Sivo, and I understand... You know, he is a big body. He is a strong man. But when you're getting desperate like that, you've won one game in eight weeks. You need to be making those tackles. That's what worried me about them. It happened a number of times. Another one that Gutho scored, the play sort of broke down. There was bodies everywhere and they simply couldn't stop him. And that's an attitude thing. That really, really worried me with this Canterbury Bulldogs side that it wasn't like the Parramatta Eels just stripped them down to huge advantages time and time again. It was just that will to win that the Parramatta Eels had and that desperation that for me, Canterbury didn't quite have in a number of big moments where they had numbers around the football. Nathan Brown's injury is going to be massive for the Parramatta Eels. We're going to hear later today or tomorrow how long he's out for. Hopefully it's a short stint, one to three weeks or so, because without him, they are a very different side, the Parramatta Eels. He probably hasn't had as much impact as what he usually does this year uh, through the emergence of Isaiah Papali and a few other guys, but Nathan and Brown. He is a key clog in this side. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Um, yeah, look, obviously Cartwright. I, I've always been a big fan of Bryce Cartwright. I've made that no secret to you guys. Uh, huge fan of him. I don't know how you couldn't be a fan of a guy with as much ability as he has. And look, I'm not saying cheer him on every weekend, make him your favorite player, but just, you have to be happy when you start to see Bryce Cartwright show glimpses of the ability that he potentially has, because he really could be anything. Got under a high ball, threw a great little flick pass, then set up another try for Corey on the weekend. Starting to build his confidence, Bryce, I think it's sensational to see. Looks a lot happier in his private life as well. Obviously, seen him around South Sydney a little bit here and there with his family and his children. Um, seems to be doing really well, Bryce. So it's good to see, fingers crossed, he keeps on heading in the same direction he is right now. The next game, Uh, Newcastle Knights, Sydney Roosters. I said the other day that the Knights, I think they're traveling pretty poorly at the moment. I think they're very lucky that there's a couple of really shitty teams that exist that sort of take the spotlight off the Newcastle Knights. They're missing Mitchell Pearce. I understand that. Um, A lot of guys to step in there, though. Kurt Mann was unreal last year. Blake Green, he's been a sensational ball player for a long time. Still got KP out the back. You've got these... These front rowers, you got Clemmer and Saifidi. They've both been amazing this year. you got Barnett. Everyone's talking about Barnett, how well he's going. Frazel, there's a kangaroo there. you got Connor Watson at 13. He's been doing unreal things. And still, this team is really struggling. Their last five or six weeks have been incredibly disappointing. They used a get-out-of-jail card against the Cronulla Sharks to win that game. Uh, they probably didn't need to. The Cronulla Sharks weren't playing overly well that week. They come up against the Roosters here. And, yes... Newcastle missing Mitchell Pearce, I get it. But have a look on the other side of the fence, how many guys the Roosters are missing. And for those young halves, young hookers, no you know, no James Tedesco to go up to Newcastle. It's a tough road trip. Yeah, the Knights should be making that a tough road trip against their forward pack and with Caelan Ponga in that side. And they just did an absolute number on them. Conceding 38 points at home for the Newcastle Knights, incredibly disappointing, especially when you look at all the injuries. I think it's going to be... I think the Newcastle Knights over the next month or two are just so intriguing. There is so much ability there and they're just not getting enough out of them. We obviously saw the Roosters. They lost Lindsay Collins and Brett Morris. And look, the game was already in the bag by then realistically. It's not like the Knights played, you know, a Rooster side, missing a heap of players. The game was already in the bag by then. Um, disappointing. I spoke about the Roosters injuries earlier today. I think Lindsay Collins is going to be a massive loss for this side. Such, Such an integral part of this team. Such an undervalued and underrated part of this team. Undervalued by myself over the last 18 months as well. I think he's going to be a massive loss. Very disappointing for the Newcastle Knights. Uh, Adam O'Brien, he would just be... He'd be pulling his hair out at the moment, trying to work out what's going on here. And, you know, there's enough talent to cover Mitchell Pearce. I understand how important he is, but they shouldn't be this bad. They should not be conceding 38 points to a Roosters team missing what, four of their best players? Some of the best players in the world, realistically. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. The Knights, they're in a little bit of Barney rubble. I mentioned this last week. They're doing worse than what people are people are noticing in this competition at the moment, and they should be very glad that the Canterbury Bulldogs are They should be very glad that there's a bit of a tire fire going on down in the Canberra um, in the ACT at the moment because they are flying under the radar for how poorly they're going for me. Uh, Sunday afternoon footy, New Zealand Warriors 24 over the North Queensland Cowboys 20. Uh, this is a game I called the New Zealand Warriors to win. I actually said it would be an upset. I I hadn't looked at the odds, and I just assumed the Cowboys off a few wins in a row. Uh, New Zealand Warriors off a big loss last week. I just assumed the Cowboys would be favorites. New Zealand were the favorites here. They were a dollar sixty. They were pretty short favorites too, just quietly. Uh, a few of you let me know about that, so thank you for that. Um, I thought, you know, obviously a game of two halves. The Warriors, they led 18-0 after 20 minutes. Uh, We're starting to see that as a bit of a trend in our game right now. Really fast starts. And the Cowboys, to their credit, they hung in there. They managed to get back into this contest. Um, You know, I thought for the Cowboys, Reese Walsh, once again, brilliant little player, just so silky. Needs to get some long studs, though. He was slipping and sliding all over the place. It was like he was ice skating out there. So much ability there. Rocco Berry scored his first try, a guy that you guys know we've liked for a very long time. So really excited to see him score his first meaty. He's got a lot more in him. Uh, Rocco Berry. He's still got to grow into his body essentially. Uh, I'd be expecting him to put on a couple of kilos of muscle over the next 18 months and he will be really damaging. Ben Murdoch-Masilla, Limited minutes once again, but his impact during those minutes was unreal. Scored a try, had another line break. Uh, was really solid in defense as well. So Ben Murdoch-Masilla, is coming along well. I said at the start of the season, I thought he was going to be a big minute edge player. I'm willing to accept defeat on that now. I don't think he's going to be a huge minutes guy. Uh, sorry to everyone that's held him in draft. If you've held him based off what I've been saying, conceding defeat there. I love this guy. I think he's a brilliant player. But if he's not fit by now, he's probably not going to get much fitter realistically. I don't think you'll see him play more than 55, 60 minutes moving forward. Josh Curran. Jesus Christ, how good is this bloke? I remember watching him at the Roosters a couple of years ago and, eh, solid, not great. You know, I think the Roosters will be a little bit shocked with how he's going now. He's been unreal. His defense is fantastic. And supercoach-wise, the attacking stats he gets himself involved in, I think he laid on one try in this game, but he came within a bee's dick of scoring another two and having another hand in another one. So a really, really talented footballer, Josh Curran, a guy that if you don't have him in your supercoach team, he is a must-have this week. And I think he's a play every week. I know I'll be playing him. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, Yeah, look, it was a great knock by the Cowboys to come back in this game. As I said, 18-0 after 20 minutes uh, in a bit of Barney rubble. They did manage to come back in this game. But as per usual, the number one thing that worries me about the Cowboys, it's sealing the deal. Yeah, they really needed Drinky or Val Holmes to stand up in the back end. They weren't able to. I thought Val Holmes did really well to get them back to where it was, but... Being the sort of player he is, I need him to deliver in that final 10 minutes. I needed him to to deliver that knockout blow. Wasn't able to do it. The New Zealand Warriors did really well to hold on there. This team's coming seventh now, the Warriors. So they're a very interesting prospect. You've still got... A number of players in their back line to come back. You've got Chanel harris tavita who will be returning soon. That'll be massive, which will move Rocco Berry somewhere, maybe centre, I'm not sure. I'd love to potentially see Rocco Berry play a 14 role, maybe, just to come into the game. I think he could be lethal. Uh, you've also got Adam Fanua-Blake, a couple of other forwards coming into this side. So plenty of upside for the New Zealand Warriors. Another side that's really interesting at the moment. The last game of the week, Tigers-Dragons. Uh, we called the Tigers for an upset this week. We didn't really have much behind it, to be honest with you. I just had a feeling they were going to get up for this game. They haven't been impressive over the last few weeks, but I thought against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they definitely played well enough to win. They got very unlucky there. It's just a roller coaster with the West Tigers, same as the Dragons. I cannot predict either of these teams to save myself. I went with the Tigers in an upset, got it done. Um, Yeah, Zach Lomax leading into Origin with an injury. I don't think he was going to get picked anyway, but... Really hard to see a really quality young fellow like him getting an injury like that out for a couple of weeks. We'll wait to see scans on that. Uh, One advantage, I guess, he won't play Origin now. Hopefully, he's back for the Origin period. So, super coaches could be jumping on him. I know the the Whisperer was very keen on him this week. He jumped on him. So, that's going to sting him and a lot of other people over the next few weeks. Um, Yeah, I, I just thought the Tigers' defense was unreal. And it's so good to see. The Tigers, they've got the potential to do this. You just don't see it enough. And I tipped them to win this game. Had a little flutter on them as well, which was lovely. But, I mean, I wouldn't say it fills me with confidence to take them next week. These two teams, it is just a hit and hope. It just depends how they show up on the day. They are just so hard to read. What about poor old Josh Maguire? Far out. Leaves the Cowboys when they're, you know, when they just start to get a few wins on the board. Arrives at the Dragons. They've won four in a row. Now I think they've lost three in a row. This poor bastard, he is so much better than what this record says. It's not even funny. I thought he was really impressive for the Dragons yesterday. Um, Yeah, you've got to feel sorry for him, though. Dragons, I can't believe how this has unfolded. I remember standing here. Three or four weeks ago, they'd won four in a row. I was looking at their draw going, they can win this, this. Oh, they've got the Tigers. They can win that. This could be anything come origin. They haven't won a single game since. I don't know if I put the mocker on them. I don't know what's going on. But the Dragons, with all due respect to them, they've delivered exactly what you expected them to deliver. Now, we saw in the charity shield how poorly they were going. They came out. They played really well to start the season. And now they've just gone back to the untrustworthy Dragons that, I mean, you just can't trust them, can you? You just don't know how they're going to show up on the day. I understand they lost Zach Lomax, but, jeez. I mean, you were playing the Tigers. You, you weren't playing, you know, the Melbourne Storm out there. You weren't playing the Penrith Panthers. At home, farewelling Trent Marin, very disappointing. For the St. George of the Royal Dragons, very disappointing for their fans as well. Got a massive week still to come on the Rugby League Guru podcast. Couple of podcasts coming each and every day. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us again.